eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Welcome into Loho Daily. I'm Lawrence Holmes, a.k.a. Loho. I am excited for you to hear this podcast today. Especially if you're a Bears fan, but if you're a football fan in general, I think that you're going to enjoy my guest. And I just want to give you a little background on how all this kind of came about and why I brought Michael Felder in here. So I used to work when I wasn't at the score or at NBC Sports Chicago or at Channel 5. Um, I used to work at 120 Sports. 120 Sports is now Stadium, and I used to do the morning show there. And I have a lot of friends who still work over there, who produce over there. And even though I don't do the morning show over there, I occasionally pop up. Like, they'll ask me to do stuff. Like, I did the Derrick Rose documentary with them, and sometimes I fill in for Michael Kim, who hosts a show called Territory. And on that show, I spend a lot of time, like, interviewing great guests. Like Jeff Goodman, for example, who was on uh, earlier this week on the podcast. And sometimes they have like features that are already recorded and done. So a few months ago when I was doing, I was sitting in for Michael. They had a feature, a, a film breakdown feature with a guy named Michael Felder. Now, Michael Felder is is a really talented football analyst. And you can see it. It comes through in the videos that he does. And you should check him out. In the Bleachers is his Twitter account. And he does stuff for Stadium. You can check him, check out Stadium. At Stadium is their Twitter handle. And WatchStadium.com is the way that you can look at some of their live videos. He's really great at breaking stuff down. And after the Bears draft, he tweeted about, he tweeted a video of him breaking down Kareth White, one of the Bears draft picks. And I sent it out. And I got a lot of feedback from it, like, wow, who is this dude? Like, what? Because a, a lot of Chicago fans still aren't quite hip to what's going on at the time at 120 or, or now at stadium. And I think they will be soon enough uh, because of some of the, the relationships that the folks who run stadium have with the Cubs network and all that good stuff. Anyway, because of that feedback, I, I, and I said to people, I said, this is. If this guy is telling you this about this player, you should believe him because he does a ton of tape 
from high school all the way up to the NFL. He's also a former player. He played at North Carolina. He walked on at North Carolina. He was a, a stud high school player that found out very quickly that he wasn't necessarily suited for the D1 lifestyle. Uh, but but he has turned his love for football into his occupation now. And he does an incredible job of breaking down film. So we sat down for a nice long football conversation. If you are someone who loves X's and O's, this is the podcast for you. I brought Michael Felder in here to break down the Bears draft picks what he sees on film, how he thinks they can fit into the Bears system, and then we just kind of talked football overall. But I think that you will get something out of it. Again, his Twitter handle is in the bleachers, and I, I beseech you to start following him because you will become, uh, as I have, a more educated football fan by watching a guy who takes this much care in breaking down the tape. This is only a portion of our conversation. I'm saving the rest of it. Uh, I'll just tell you that those are loyal to the podcast. I'm saving the rest of it for the air next week. So I'm going to put the rest of it on the radio show next week. But I thought this was so good that it deserved its own pod, its own bear centric podcast. And I'm glad that Michael had the time to break all this stuff down. So this is me and Michael Felder really geeking out, talking football. Enjoy. I, I brought you in because I wanted to talk about the Bears the draft picks and what For you sure. thought. And I saw the well, – I'm going to go a little bit out of order, okay? Because okay. I saw the video that you did on Kareth White. Yes. What about him do you like? I love that he plays with a little more power than people expect out of him. And that is one of those things that, as a former safety, when you expect a guy to be an easy out and then he busts your mouthpiece out of your, out of your, out of your helmet – that's not a good. That's not a good feeling. And Kareth White's that type of a player. He is a guy that a lot of folks don't know about because of Devin Motor Singletary at FAU. But he was every bit as good. He could have been a star at FAU if they didn't have Devin Singletary. He's also a guy that's going to be able to help on kickoff return, which is another huge asset for him because he is not. Your, he's not a lean guy. He is. He's compact, strongly built, runs hard, pushes through. He will make plays. And I think the cool thing for him is. Obviously, he's going to be down the depth chart, and that's not that's not a worry for him. As long as he finds ways to get his touches, he's going to succeed. With the Bears having such a terrible return game yep. last year, and they went in, in free agency and addressed some of this, but to have a guy that you already know that, it, that if things don't go well, that you can put in there and has return, that gives him tremendous roster value. Yes, absolutely. Real roster value. He, he is a he can return kicks. He is he's got a couple of kick returns for touchdowns in college. He he sees the field. I love I love when running backs return kicks because their vision is a little different than a wide receiver or even a cornerback. The vision that a running back has where he recognizes when to press the hole, when to cut up field, when to cut his losses and get what he can get. I like that out of a running back. I have a lot of friends who cover college football. That love David Montgomery. Yes. Do you are you in that group? I am, I am in that group. Yes. Why? He's Superman. I mean, he is. He steps on the scene and he he just he gets better every game. He is a steady Eddie. Like I love. There's a suddenness to his to his feet that he you can see the trigger the kind of the synapses firing from when his eyes see something to when his feet do it. It's no time because he recognizes. 
that linebacker's leaning too far. I'm going to get inside of him. Or that linebacker's leaning too hard. I can put a shoulder into him, and I can take an extra five yards because he is out of position to tackle me because, oh, yeah, I'm a big boy. Like, I'm a strong running back. I can run through arm tackles. I can make those plays. But he understands when to press the edge, when to cut upfield, and he has – there's a thing that I really appreciate in running backs, which is guys that cut their losses. I don't – I'm not a huge fan of guys that dance and that will lose yards for you. I I don't want negative plays. I will take a positive two-yard play over what a maybe that ends up being a seven-yard loss. I Give me that positive two. Give me the positive four. Give me the positive seven. And Montgomery does have that speed. If he gets into the open field, he has a little bit of speed to pick that to turn that seven-yard run into a 12-yard run if you give him a little bit of a crease because of the power and the speed combination that he possesses. With the system that the Nagy runs, is he a good fit? Yeah, I think he is. I think he's I, I think he's a perfect fit for any I think he is one of the running backs that is system independent. He can do a mm. lot of different things. He can run he's run zone, he's run power, he can run outside zone, he can run inside zone, he can do leads, he can work a counter tray, he can do all those different things, and he excels at all of them because his running style isn't he's not a one cut and go runner, but he can do one cut and go things. He's not a I need a lead blocker runner. But he has run behind a lead blocker, and he recognizes how to play off of the guy that's leading him through the hole. So he can do a lot of different things. I think that watching him run is going to be really fun. It'll be interesting, too, because there have been some people who feel that he is – what the Bears were looking for was someone that was in between Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. And exactly. obviously Jordan Howard no longer with the Bears. But everyone that I've talked to has said, yeah, Montgomery can right. do can be a three-down back for Bingo. you. That's you don't a, have to take him that's off the, the words field. That I was, I, that's the words I, look, I was looking for. He's, a, he's an every-down every guy. Okay. Uh, that, that is high praise. Um, uh, the player that I like, there were two players in the Bears draft that I really, really liked, and it kind of went against what a lot of people said. I, the, the Bears wide receiver room is going to be very crowded yep. this year. I love Riley Ridley. Yeah. And I know that Georgia's offense had so many weapons that maybe the numbers don't look as great, but I just feel like that's a guy who understands how to get himself open that maybe doesn't have the top-end speed necessarily, but is a good wide receiver. He's a very good wide receiver. Um, Georgia's offense, I've got a lot of problems with it. I was not a fan of it at all. Like, they ran the ball very well, but they misused the, the fact They that, had so much talent that it's ridiculous. The, the, and they underused all of it in terms of the passing game. From Miko Harmon to Terry Godwin to Riley Ridley, and we're going to see it happen again with Holloway and the rest of those guys on that roster right now. Like, they did not give those guys the opportunity to make plays down the field. That's one of the reasons why I love what Alabama's doing now with Tua. Their wide receivers are absolutely shining. Not just one guy a year, but a bunch of different guys. But back to Riley Ridley, I look at him, and the two things that stand out to me as a, just as a college football observer. One, he's the guy that caught that Hail Mary pass against Tennessee, he, and he went up and snatched it away. I want that. I want a guy that's willing to go up and snatch it away. Two, in the net, he would have been the story of the national championship game <laughs> if Tua Tango Vailoa doesn't come in and win it because he was a guy that had minimal catches going into the year and he caught six balls in the national championship game for 82 yards and was just absolutely decimating Alabama's secondary. Those two things stand out the most to me because they, rec- they, they let me know that in a big moment he will show up and when his number finally does get called, he's ready for action. 
Okay, well, that, that's that's that is a good endorsement as well. The, I I feel like there's going to be a fight for opportunities in yeah. the Bears wide receiver room, and I think that that's good. Yeah, it's I, great. Absolutely, have guys fighting for opportunity. There's there's like the there's only one football, so your routes better be on point. You better know when you're coming open. You better recognize zone versus man. You better know when to sit and when to go. Yeah, absolutely. So so what's the hardest thing for a a rookie wide receiver to get when they make that jump to the NFL? Route running, route running. They don't, they don't teach routes in college anymore. They, guys don't run real routes. They run two, three routes. That's it. So route running is hard because route running in the NFL, everybody can cover. College, nobody can cover. You got, you got, you got three guys that can cover in college football. In, in the NFL, you got a bunch of guys that can cover. And they recognize your little, your little tells. They can see it. They know, oh, look at, look, at the way, look at the way his hips are sinking. He's stopping. This isn't a stutter step. And a stutter step, his butt stays high because he wants to keep running down the field. This one, he's sinking low. He needs to, I need to, okay, I'm going to make this, I'll make this break. We're going to make sure he's not open. And it's tough for guys because they don't run real, a lot of real routes. Even the slants that guys run are a lazy two steps and then a hard inside. It's, you can't do that in the NFL. You're never going to get to the inside. You're never going to cross the guy's face, especially not if he's impressed. So, I think that route running is so hard, and then route running is so team specific as well. This one coach wants it ran at twelve yards, another coach wants it ran at ten, another coach wants it ran two thirteen, but back to ten. One coach wants you to do a hard five up, a hard out for a, for an out route. Another coach wants you to get to two and a half and then bend it to get to five on as you run the speed out. So it's so team specific that it's a lot to take in, and it's a lot of adjustment for their body because they haven't been through that. And it's it's great to see. I see the footwork drills. The guys have good footwork, but putting it into practice to turn that into muscle memory is hard work. Back to, to staying with Ridley here yep. and, and that adjustment of, of college to, to pro. Are the systems that we were talking about where you're talking about RPO offenses that have – come from high school and work their mm-hmm. way to the pros, does that make the transition easier of not being able to run a full route tree? I, I don't I, – honestly, I haven't thought much about that. I, that's, a, that's a good question. I wonder – I wonder – because I still think it's harder to get open. And, even and, and though, there's, there's such a difference. Like, there's a yes. big difference between college open and NFL exactly. open. It's so hard to get open. And it's, it's because it's still going to be hard for you to get open, I think you still have to run that route right. Even though it takes a little bit off the quarterback's plate, the wide receivers still have to do all the work to get that route open. And open, as you mentioned, NFL open, is that's a step. That's a step and a half. That's it. College, we see guys that are open five, by five yards. Yeah, and you, you watch Big 12 <laughs> games. You're watching Goodness. guys that are running 10 yards before anyone gets to them, yeah. and they're, they're, they'll sit and yep. go, hey, just throw me the just ball. the ball. I'm right here. Yeah, and the NFL, like, NFL, that's a step, step and a half. That's open. And I think that's also an adjustment for to have guys actually cover you and to be able to catch it with guys actually covering you is tough because they're on you. And the level of talent that quarterbacks have to put the ball on yep. you, is that an adjustment for them too? It's a, that's a, I will say this. I think quarterbacks have gotten better consistently over the last decade and a half. They have gotten – much bet much much more your average quarter the level of what an average quarterback is has improved especially in the college game where guys were either very very good or they were super bad and now there is a there's a middle ground of college quarterbacks that are they're all right and they can get the they can get the ball to you and then obviously it does step up in the NFL that's a blessing because i can tell you what i've been in some high school camps with some really good wide receivers and the quarterbacks are all bad and 
it is no fun to watch guys not be able to catch the football because the quarterbacks can't get it to them. What did you think of it? It happened at the combine this year, right? Mm-hmm. Where I think it was who who got up? Oh man. One of one of the old receivers got up and told the quarterback, Hey, you're screwing these guys. Exactly. You're screwing these guys because you can't throw you can't it to where it. where they need it to Bingo. be. Like that makes everyone look bad. Makes you look bad. And I think that's one of the things that we see out of pro days, which is why I really enjoy the pro the pro days. And obviously we watched a whole bunch of the quarterback pro days, but watching who's throwing for a pro day that doesn't have a quarterback and seeing the level of trust that you're putting in that guy's hands, I think it speaks to kind of the level really starting to elevate. And I think in, the, in, a, in an NFL locker room, those guys are all good. Like those quarterbacks can all put it where they need to, especially from a practice standpoint. So this is it's great for the wide receivers to be able to walk in and be like, okay, I, I, as long as I focus on my routes and know when I'm supposed to come open, he's going to have the football there. Unless it's what is the the Blake Bortles clip where he was <laughs> with Allen Robinson from yes. a few years ago, <laughs> with, with 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 a few exceptions, obviously. But I think for a lot of time, for the the major cases, the guys are going to be able to put it on you. This it was Steve Smith, and it was the Buffalo quarterback that was doing it. <laughs> and Steve Smith like threw down his headphones yep. and walked over, was like, "Yo, yep, like you have to throw a catchable ball for need, these guys. These guys need it. They're getting evaluated." Let's talk about the two DBs. This is right up your alley. Duke Shelley in round six for the Bears. What did you think of him? I've been a Duke Shelley fan for a couple years. He is a fighter. He's not a big dude. Five foot nine is generous. He is a fighter, though, playing in that that Kansas State scheme where he is well taught. He's got good technique. He understands where he's supposed to be at all times. And he's got a look, he's a little guy playing against these big wide receivers, and he always finds a way to get his hand in between their hands to get that ball out. He is very good. On the flip side of that, monster, you have Steven Denmark, yeah, who's six three, six four. Are they going to play him at corner? I, I, I'm very curious on what they do because it seemed as if defenses were going in that direction where you had the Legion of Boom, where you mm-hmm. had, except for Earl, you had yep. all these long big dudes. big dudes back there, and I wonder if I don't know where they're going to play him. That's but I, I am excited for his traits, man. Oh, yeah. and, and he was a former receiver, right? Untapped potential. He only played one year as a one year as a corner and at, at Valdosta State, and I got a chance to watch some of him and. I mean, he wants to – like, you don't expect this out of a converter wide receiver, but he wants to hit. He wants to hit. He wants to tackle, which is why I wonder – that's why I asked where are they going to play him because I could certainly see him transitioning to a safety spot. It's not like he's got a, a career of entrenched cornerback play to – That to, you have to beat out of got him. To, yeah, that you've got to get out of him. He's He played defensive back for a season. So we can move him around. Let's move him. Dude, they <laughs> – you got me like super excited <laughs> about that now because you're right. Like you don't have to worry about bad habits, right? He he hasn't played it. He hasn't played long enough to have any habits. You can just say, "Hey, you got this." Is what I need you to do, and he's huge. He's huge. He's absolutely 223 pounds. He's a monster. Unbelievable. I love hearing that. <laughs> who who's smart in football, in your opinion? And it, on the pro level and the college level, who do you think is smart when it comes to scheme, design, explaining things? See, um, for me, obviously, Sean McVay is a very interesting one, watching what he does, but I'm an Andy Reid guy. I, I, I absolutely love Andy Reid. Why? Because he does what he needs to do to win. And he recognizes he, – he's, he's one of those coaches, and there's not a – if there should be a lot of coaches like this, but there's not a lot of coaches like this that ask, what do you like to do? What do you think you're the best at? What do you think are your best things that you do to ask the quarter and then figure out a way 
to include those things, to make them a big part of the scheme, and then find ways that you can really hurt a defense doing what the quarterback likes to do. So I think for for me, absolutely Andy Reid. And in that same vein, Lincoln Riley. Um, I'm very curious to see what happens this year with Jalen Hurts. Um, I don't think that they're done with a quarterback competition there. I'm very curious to see what happens when this freshman Spencer Riley gets in because he's a lot more in line with Baker and Kyler than Jalen Hurts is. So I think it's a completely different offense if Jalen Hurts is at the helm. And I don't know if that offense is going to be good enough for them to win the way they have been winning. Because remember, when Jalen Hurts was doing his 26-2 and thing, he had Alabama's defense. And Oklahoma didn't have that. Um, I really like Kevin Steele, defensive coordinator at uh, at Auburn. He is got a long time long time NFL guy as well. He coached the Panthers, I believe. Uh, but Kevin Steele is one that I really do enjoy watching. He is he found a way to take all the he he had a problem at Auburn, which is they had too many guys that were the exact same: Marlon Davidson, Nick Coe, Big Cat Bryant. They had all these guys that were relatively the same as players. But he figured out a way to get them all on the field and try to terrorize quarterbacks. So I love that. Dave Aranda, I think, is a genius at LSU. And it's not because of what he did, he's done at LSU. It's because of what he did at Wisconsin. He found a way to get Wisconsin playing great defense with guys that a lot for a lot of times nobody no other Big Ten schools wanted. And he's getting he's getting guys drafted that a lot of no other, that a lot of other Big Ten schools didn't want. I mean, he's got both of the Watts kids. Like the he found ways to get guys big time production, make big time plays all because of the scheme and finding a workaround to use the bodies that he has. Um, Justin Wilcox, I think, is brilliant uh, at Cal. Nobody talks about it, but Cal had a top-10 pass defense this year. And my guy Gerald Alexander, who used to play for the Panthers, is now coaching DBs for them. He's a part of that. But just that's, just, that's all Justin Wilcox. That's why he was a fast riser up the coaching ranks. He was able to scheme success and really find ways to slow down these high-powered passing offenses. He's done a really good job of doing that, and he's continuing to do it. Listening to you talk about football, it's clear that you can hear the the passion in your voice for the game. I think you've made that clear as, as we've been talking. I am curious, when you watch games, can you watch for fun now? No. no I didn't think no, so. No, I, no, Not with the way you dissect no, stuff. No. I um, For me, Saturday is a marathon, 11 to 2, the full day. And then Sunday, I do a half day of re-watching stuff that interests me or that Stuff that I didn't get to watch on Saturday night. I do a half day, then I put the rest in with the family. Rest in with the family for Sunday afternoon. So no, we don't no NFL. Back when we used to have two televisions, when we lived in Charlotte, we had double televisions. We would go NFL game on mute on one and watch television on the other. But now we've only got the one television, so that's for whatever my wife wants to watch. We're watching that. <laughs> I think that that's great. Yeah. Well, man, I, I appreciate you doing this. This is fantastic. I'm looking forward to doing it. Yeah, let's do this again. Absolutely. And once we get closer to college football season and, sure. and the NFL, man, I want to pick your brain because no there's problem. all sorts of stuff. How can people find you? Um, obviously, make sure on Twitter, at Stadium. That's where you, all my most of my work is going to be. I'm on Twitter, at In the Bleachers. And listen, I'm a, watch Stadium.com. Like, we've got we're, – we're doing we're, – we are working through a bunch of previews and – all those things. I'm actually about to run back and shoot some demos. So <laughs> going to get into that now, which is going to be really, really high stress, but it's the right kind of stress because you, you get to talk about a little bit of football. I love that you do this for a lot of different reasons, but the fact that there's a, a black man who's not a N- former NFL yeah, player I, trust out me, here I am breaking not down former... tape, yeah, I love fun. it. I appreciate that.
It's it's a big deal. It's a serious move forward in in the way that thank we you. perceive the the way the game should be covered. So I thank you wholeheartedly for being here. Thank you for having me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.